0: You're listening to the Mill Sunday
1: School Podcast. We're going to get right started, though. I got a big message today about spiritual warfare. And I thought we'd start in uh, probably one of the most intense stories in the entire Bible about spiritual warfare. That's Luke chapter 8, verse 26. I'll give you a second to turn there. If you want to turn there, it's, I think it's really good to, to actually turn to the Bible. To actually bring your own Bible, I think, is like bonus extra credit. If you brought your Bible, you get bonus extra credit today. Um, Luke chapter eight, verse twenty-six, and uh, this is the story of the the Gadarene demoniac, and the Gadarene is the place that he was in. And it says this: I'm going to read the whole story, so so follow me if you can. It's uh, one more time. It's Luke eight twenty-six. If you're still turning there, and it says this: It's about Jesus. They say they sailed to the region of the Gadarenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. So obviously a man suffering from a demon possession. He doesn't wear clothes. He doesn't live in a house. He's wild. Um, Verse 28 says, When Jesus saw him, the, the man cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot he and kept under guard, he broke his chains and had been driven by a demon into solitary places. Obviously, again, the man once again suffering from a demon, having it looks like extraordinary strength to be able to break chains and going to solitary places without wearing clothes. Someone's really suffering. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons have gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. And a large herd of pigs were feeding there on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go in them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. That would be a sweet sight to see. (laughs) I mean, unless you're like a big pig fan, then not, not a good day. Verse 34 says, When those tending the pigs saw what happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gadarenes asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. And the man to whom the demons had come out begged him to go with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. It's a cool story, huh? Yeah, let's, let's pray. Let's welcome God in here this morning. Jesus, we welcome you. We recognize that you're, in fact, already in here. God, we praise you for being with us. God, would you open our heart, open our minds, teach us something today about spiritual warfare, how you have authority, how you have all authority on earth, and you've given us authority over demonic and evil spirits. And God, we, do, we just open our heart to your message that you have for us today. God, this is truly a, a heavenly message, a spiritual message. And it's your message. So we thank you for that, and we open our hearts and minds to you, Jesus. And everybody screamed, Amen! Amen. Um, when I was in uh, I, I was in seminary taking a master's degree, I was working on my master's degree, and I took all, I'm not exactly um, really smart, especially when it comes to languages, and I had to learn Greek, and I had to struggle through Hebrew, and I struggled through all the required courses. courses. It's a three-year, <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> The three-year program, this master's degree, and I—my first two years—I got almost all of my uh, my required classes and all of the hard classes out of the way, and uh, it came down to my last, my very last semester, my very last year, and um, it was—I had—I got the 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 course catalog handed to me, and I had all electives to pick, and I found out that quarter that I, I I could take four classes pass fail. And so I was like, that would have been nice to know when I was like struggling through Hebrew to not fail that I could have just barely passed and then got a P instead of like a C minus. That would have been nice to know. But I I found out the very last semester that um, I was going to take four electives, just pick any course I wanted to take, take those courses, and I was just going to take them pass fail. So I got to pick, I picked like a, a mission course. I picked a youth pastor course. I picked a spiritual disciplines course. And the last class that I picked was... Power encounters, spiritual warfare for today. And I I may have been a little immature back then, and I really thought, like, like I'm going to... I may be immature now... And I really wanted to. T- I was excited to take this class because I just pictured I was seeing this class, and I had heard that uh, the 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 teacher actually does spiritual warfare in the class. So in my mind, I'm just like picturing this in the name of God, and then, like people screaming and running around, like ah! people throwing up, like, eyes rolling back, and. Ah! <laughs> and- I know you're all much more mature than I was, but that, I mean, that's what I pictured in this class. and I was like, man, if I'm going to sign up for an elective, that's the one I want to take. And I was really excited for this course. And I, I got into the course, and, and maybe some of you know the teacher, uh, maybe you've read his books or seen. He's pretty big, I guess, in the spiritual warfare scene and writing books. His name is Charles Kraft, uh, Dr. Kraft. And, um, he taught the class, and he broke up. I remember going into the first day of class. The first half of the class was all lecture. He talked about, you know, he'd bring up Bible verses, talk about spiritual warfare, basically lecture. And the second half of the class was the, he was going to practice, the, the the practice showing us how spiritual warfare works and so the first half half got over and i was like here we go <laughs> and he he, got, he was up in front kind of like this like a big lecture hall kind of thing maybe like a hundred or so people like there are now and he, he sat in the front he had two chairs uh one here and then one facing him and he sat in this chair and he said who would like to volunteer <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I'm like, no possible way. <laughs> um, I just didn't know what to expect. And he's like, C- come on, someone volunteer. And finally this girl raised her hand. A girl came and sat down. And I was just expecting, like, and the screaming and, like, turning your head around and throwing up. And... <laughs> <laughs> and, and And instead, what I really learned that day was about spiritual... Basically, if you get anything out of today, the main point, the main message today is that spiritual warfare is about ministering to people, not encountering demons. It's about people. It's about people suffering from demons. And spiritual warfare, I'll, I'll say that point again and again today, that spiritual warfare is about... People, ministering to people. And so Dr. Kraft is like a grandfatherly figure, very calm, very uh, patient, but talks with authority and experience. I think he was a mission missionary in Africa for 20-something years, had seen lots of spiritual warfare stuff, had written books, and yet just a very sweet, grandfatherly, kind of a larger man figure, just very patient. He sat up there, and this this young girl uh, sat across from him, and he was just very calm and very, like, why do you think you came up here? And the conversation went something like this. He said, well, I feel like God, God laid it on my heart to, to volunteer. And he said, well if if i could pray for you about something if if we could kind of talk about you know spiritual encounters she said do you, do you think you're um experiencing any kind of demonic attack and she said well maybe fear and and he began to ask her about fear in her life and she shared that she was afraid to leave her house she it, it was my seminary was in LA she was scared to death of driving on the freeways who isn't though um, <laughs> but, she, but it really crippled her and she she would take the bus and other things she just didn't like driving she she just felt like whenever she heard a loud noise she was just panicky that that something was going to come hurt her at night she would have nightmares i mean someone legitimately suffering from fear and he began to talk to her and they talked about it a little bit and almost like a really good a really good counselor Almost knows questions to ask, kind of knows the the direction to ask, and and he was a really good counselor, and I think he would, had discernment. That's a word we use to say that he knew what the Holy Spirit was telling him and knew how to lead the conversation. And it seemed like kind of out of nowhere, he he said, "Tell me about your father. And does your father have anything to do with this fear thing?" And she just started crying and said, "You know, her father used to abuse her, and that as a child she really." was so frightened and fearful of her father and what her father might do. And she just started crying. And and Dr. Kraft was having this conversation and said, you know, I want to pray over you and, and that, that maybe that you experienced this fear. Maybe you opened up a door. and Our, our door was opened when you were a child for fear or to for the enemy to tell you lies about fear, for you to be afraid. And And he said um, can I, can we engage the spiritual realm right now? And she was like, yeah, okay. And here, I was thinking, here we go. <laughs> um, but, but he said, he said, what do you think the spirit of fear is telling you? Uh, and, and she was like, uh, and it, cause he kind of like said it in such a way as like spirit of fear, what have you been telling this girl? And she was quiet, like, Spirit of fear, what have you been telling this girl? And she was still quiet. And then Charles Kraft said to the girl, "You know, if you feel like the the spirit of fear is gonna is gonna talk to you, why don't why, why don't you tell us what the spirit of fear has been telling you?" And she said, "Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that." She said, "The spirit of fear is telling me that I'm gonna die at any moment. The spirit of fear has been telling me that I, you know I, I can't do anything about my nightmares. It's just part of me and who I am, and I'm just always afraid." And then Doctor Kraft said, "Would it be okay if right now I spoke to this spirit of fear?" And she was like, yeah, go ahead. And then he even said it again, I reminded her, I'm not going to talk to you right now. You're a child of God. I'm going to tra- talk to the spirit of fear. And, and he just began praying over her, very calm, soothing. In the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, leave this woman. Stop, stop telling her lies. And then he asked her, would you, would you mind praying out loud against the spirit of fear? She said, okay. And, and then she prayed a similar prayer. God, take the spirit of fear away from me. In the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, leave me. And then at the end of that, Dr. Kraft just prayed over her and said, God, would you seal anything that's been done here in the heavenlies, in the, in the spiritual realm? And we just thank you for what you do, God. We thank you for ministering to us. And that was it. And that was... I was like, man, where's the screaming and running around? (laughs) Like, where was all that? And I just thought, was that legitimate? And I I remember having, I kind of knew the girl from another class, and I remember talking to her uh, a few weeks later and just asking her about fear. And she had a testimony. She said, you know what, I'm not afraid to drive anymore. I've been driving my car every day now. I don't need to take the bus anymore. I haven't, those nightmares stops. I have authority. Whenever I start to have fear, I just pray and ask God to take that away. And I've, I really feel that I've been healed of that. I've been ministered to in a spiritual way, a spiritual deliverance. You know, sometimes that word will be used, deliverance ministry, delivering from evil spirits. And I just thought, man, that's, that's someone being set free of fear that they've been in bondage to for a long time. And that is what I believe is spiritual deliverance ministry and i today i don't want to discount or discredit manifestations that's a big word for you know the, the if a if an evil spirit arises in someone and you know you hear it you know maybe you've heard stories of someone having a deep voice or eyes rolling back or feeling controlled by an evil spirit those are manifestations and i don't want to just say that those are all wrong but i think we have authority over manifestations if you see something someone manifesting a demon you say in the name of jesus stop you know i'm here to I'm a, as a minister, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to for this demon show. And so um, I want to talk to you today about spiritual warfare. Does that sound fun? Yeah. That, it sounds good. So uh, before we just jump right in and we get to the notes and uh, lots of stuff like that, I have a few announcements. If you're brand new uh, to Sunday school, to the mill Sunday School. We we have these cards on your table. I think there's you have to you might have to grab one or look for one. But if you fill this out, if you're uh, newish to the Mill Sunday School, and give it to the to nice people at the table when you came in, they'll give you a CD just for coming and uh, as a way to say thanks thanks for coming. We we like the fact that you're here and learning about God because we like to learn about God too, and so. Um, there's a few more announcements. There's uh, a Salt Lake City mission trip that's uh, happening. There, there's information up there that someone asked me to announce. They're just starting a, a card game, no, a board game, small group, Sunday night, 7 p.m., college-age board game, small group. And they got little cards and things. And so if you're into that or into high, high-stakes gambling, I'm sure you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and then one more announcement. Where's Isaiah Wood? I asked him to come up. He He's he's going to talk about uh, uh, a, a great opportunity for us. Go ahead, buddy. Hello. Test. Someone Test. Someone, someone that's, that's the oldest trick in the book. You bring somebody up, <laughs> give them a the microphone. Hey,
2: hey, I'm so sorry I break up your message. I feel so bad, dude. No, okay, good. so stay engaged in what Joe said. Okay, real, real quick. Did you guys know, and I didn't know this until like six months ago, that more slaves exist now globally than existed in 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. It's, it's a really crazy, crazy thing. Um, slavery. It is worse now globally than it has ever been in the history of man. Um, and I didn't know this until six months ago. But yeah, wild, wild thought. Um, more than 27 million slaves exist globally right now. Sex slaves, war slaves, and labor slaves. Uh, In the U.S. alone, you guys, more than, it's estimated more than 100,000 people are living here in the States as slaves, just suffering. I mean, you know, a lot of them are just praying, man, I would rather not be living and have to be enduring a life like this. And the U.S. Justice Department estimates that at least 17,500 new victims are smuggled into the U.S. every year to be mainly labor and sex slaves right here in the U.S. Um, it's, it's Yeah, it's it's a mind blower. But on September 20th, uh, Youth with a Mission, in conjunction with a few other organizations around the area, we're going to be hosting what we're calling the HTA Symposium, which stands for Human Trafficking Awareness. Uh, it's going to be an all-day event. It's going to be a free event, free lunch, We have international, national, and local speakers that are all coming together to help people who know nothing about the issue to find out what it's all about, and then we're going to provide a number of very, very practical ways that everyone can get involved in the fight, mainly locally, because it's happening right here in the Springs, too. Um, U.S. Department of Justice, they have prosecuted slave traders in over 91 cities in the U.S., and in almost every state they've found slave trade activity. Um, Okay, so all that to say, you guys, I need help. (laughs) I need help inviting the whole city to come to this thing. And not just to come to this thing, but I need help raising awareness throughout our city about slavery and what it is and what's going on. Um, I've got 500 of these posters, and I need, gosh, I was praying this morning. I'm like, Lord, give me 10 people that would be willing to help me over the next three to four weeks uh, because this thing happens in one month to canvas the city, to go to businesses and churches and NGOs and talk to owners and, and staff members and say, hey, do you know about slavery? Um, and if they don't, share with them a bit. But then, hey, can we put a poster up in your business, in your church, um, in your staff room, board, whatever, you know, just get a poster up so people can see it. So if you guys have any time in the next three weeks, like on a Saturday evenings, whenever – let me know um, I would words would fail my appreciation if you come and help me get these things out. I've got a really beautiful table. Dude, the thing nice is just table. elegant. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> if you just look at it and just go, wow. Anyways, it's, <laughs> it's right there. I've got a sign-up sheet. Um, if this at all interests you, uh, when Joe's done talking and everything's done, just come on over. And if you could throw your name, your email, your phone number on that list, and then I will get back to you, and we'll figure out a time to go do this thank you you guys thanks Joe
1: sweet thank you Isaiah <laughs> alright well thanks for coming to Mills Sunday School uh, we are we are obviously a little crowded in here if you're like man I need some more room in two weeks you'll have plenty of room we're moving to the world person or chapel in two weeks so just like keep holding your breath we're, we're okay if you need to go to the bathroom just hold it till, till two weeks and then you'll be able to go Yes, <laughs> kidding <laughs> Please don't. Um, <laughs> turn to your notes. We're going to talk about uh, in your notes. This is a Sunday school skillet. Um, and, and by the way, next year we uh, we we're printing out. Um, uh, little drop cards for Mill Sunday school and we've really thought ahead this whole year and and decided what will messages be that will be foundational. Not only like foundational, like what's the easy stuff, but we want to go a mile wide and a mile deep about real important topics within Christianity, like how we're saved, who's the Holy Spirit, how how why is the Bible, the Word of God? Really foundational but deep thing and go very deep into the foundations. So um if you would if you would like commit to a year of sunday school you would leave sunday school next september with a huge a a mile wide and a mile deep of the foundational things of sunday school and we've even had conversation with king's college we're going to get king's college credit just for coming to sunday school so if you're like sunday school is a waste of my time no it's not college credit And so uh, there's already a couple people signed up to get college credit for Sunday school. Uh, come talk to me later. Uh, we're still working out the details exactly of like how much it's going to cost, what extra assignments will there be, if any, than just attending. And and so, uh, but I'm I'm extremely excited about that. For for what we're doing here, basically it says what we're doing in the Mill Sunday School is so legitimate that it's it, we're foundation mile wide, mile deep. And so it's it's not only good stuff, but it's also worth college credit. And so um, I'm really excited about that. But if you turn to your notes, uh, there's a kind of like a fun fill in the blank thing. It's the first one says evil spirits can something us. I, I, I want you to put in the term evil spirits can affect us. Evil spirits can affect us. And... Uh, and I, I, as, as a form of review, we talked about how um, even within the Christian realm, there is thoughts about, well, how big of a deal is the whole evil spirits and angels and the spiritual world? We've been talking about this all this month, the angels and demons. And some people would like to say, um, I've been using the term NBD. Remember that? You know what that is. No biggie. No big deal. That, that some people would come to this whole uh, idea of spiritual warfare, uh, angels and demons, and say, not only is it not a big deal, but it's, it doesn't really exist. It doesn't really apply to me uh, and my life. And that's not true. Let me show you. If you want to turn to a, a, a Bible verse, it's uh, Ephesians in the New Testament. Ephesians, I want to show you 6.12. It's a passage we looked at last time if you were here. It's a passage worth underlining in your Bible or highlighting. Um Ephesians six twelve, and if you, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we want you to take. We're get, we're getting a whole bunch more really soon. The Bibles that are on the table, you can go ahead and take one of those and highlight it or underline it on your own. Um, but we want you to have a Bible. We want you to have a Bible that that you actually read, and we want you to have one that you can write in, and um, and because the power of the words in here are more powerful when they become into your heart and they come into your mind. And I think highlighting and writing on your Bible is a good way to do that. And so I got highlighted uh, Ephesians six twelve that says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so... Angels and demons, spiritual warfare, what we're talking about is not an NBD. It's not just a no big deal. It doesn't really exist. It's somewhere in the middle between NBD and the term I applied. You could start using this in your text messages. RRBD. Really, really big deal. And, and so you might know some people like this, some some crazy people that are like all they talk about is spiritual warfare, and and you're like, dude, I don't know if that's, I mean, all they all they're about is angels and demons, and that's all they ever talk about, and they and they they're uh, whatever. Fill in the blank. Let's look at Luke. Jesus had something to say about um, people that re- just rejoiced about the demons having. Us having authority in Jesus' name over demons. Look at everybody. Turn to Luke ten seventeen. I'm just going to read two verses here. Luke ten seventeen. So turn back a few pages, the book of Luke. You know, Luke, uh, the writer of this book, was a doctor, and he has more stories about healings and demon possessions and stuff like that than any other go- any of the other gospels because he was probably more interested and more fascinated with that. But it's Luke ten seventeen. And this is a bunch of people that Jesus sent out, giving them authority, telling them to spread my message about um, Jesus and who he was and the good news. And they came back to Jesus. And here's what it says. It says, uh, Luke ten seventeen. the 72 two returned with, with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So these people come back, and they're, all their testimonies about demons and demons and how the, the demons submit to them. And Jesus says, you know what? Don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that you're a believer. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven, that you have authority. And so, so it's not, spiritual warfare is not a really, really big, it's not the biggest deal. The biggest deal is salvation and the message of Jesus as, as our Lord and how we're saved through him. So the whole idea of spiritual warfare, what we're talking about today, falls somewhere in the middle. We'll make a little star here. Somewhere in between NBD and RRBD. And so as we jump into this problem, I just want to jump into one of the really big questions. It's next on your uh, on your notes there. Can a Christian be blank by a demon? Possessed. Have you asked that question of yourself? Have you thought about that? Uh, Have you thought maybe someone's asked you, do you think a Christian could be possessed by a demon? And I have I have a little bit to say about demon possession and and how that works, because I think um, it really comes down to how do we define that term possession? Right? I mean, what's re- what does possession really mean? Um, does the demon have total ownership of, over you? You have no will, you have no spirit of your own, you have no thoughts of your own. The demon just totally owns your body. And if that's what you mean by possession, I would say no, a Christian can't be possessed by a, as, as far as that means as far as owned. A Christian can't be owned by a Holy Spirit and have no control and no they're, they're, everything of them just leaves and their whole body just becomes this demon. I don't think that's I don't think that's the way it works. I think we we have the image of God inside of us. I think we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. I think we're owned by God Himself, and I think at any point there's always there's always choice, and it's it's basically a matter of of a person struggling with having like a sickness in fact the new testament has two ways of writing about an evil spirit a possessing a person the niv uses that term a demon possession quite a bit and um and i always i I don't really like it i mean it happens and i'm probably guilty of it too of of looking at a passage and saying okay it says here in the english demon possession but then the greek really says this and it really means this and I, i always have a hard time Um, with that. It's not the worst thing in the world, but sometimes preachers will do that to overemphasize the fact that, you know, it also has other meanings. And um, um, uh, demon possession, usually the term is suffering from a demon. Or the the Greek word, just in case you're a Greek scholar, demonizomai, suffering from a demon or having a demon are the two ways in which the New Testament really talks about demon possession. And the word demon possession is used, but it's really having a demon or suffering from a demon. And I think it's more, when we talk about demon possession, I think it's more that we, you know, as, as, as people, that people... Have a demon that the person possesses a demon, and not the other way around, in which the the, a demon has total ownership and total control, and a human's body just becomes this living demon. I I really don't think that. We just read the most um, significant demonizing story in the New Testament in Luke. That's the story we started off with, the the Gadarene demoniac, and still in here, it's it's a person suffering from a demonic attack, and, and they're, they're not right in the head, and they're, and they're obviously manifesting, and a demon is really messing with them. But I don't see it as, as this person just becomes a demon. I see it more as a person, a real person whom Jesus loved and Jesus cared about, cures this person from evil spirit infirmity. And so I, I think that's more in line with the, the whole idea of demon possession and the fact that you know a demon just will take total control over someone, someone's body and and they have no will and no control of their own. And you're looking at a person, but you're really looking at a demon. I just don't think that that's, that's really a biblical way of understanding demon possession. I think it's always dealing with a person that's suffering from a demon. Not like the, if you, if you've ever, don't go see it, but the exorcism, the movie, Raise your hand. No, no, don't raise your hand. Have you seen it? (laughs) They they don't even really talk. They don't really show this little girl at the beginning at all. All they do is show her and as the demon. And you're just like looking at this girl and you're scared to death because she has become this demon. And that's just not the way it, it seems in the Bible. It's, it seems in the Bible that it's a person, a real human being suffering from a demon. And so I want to talk about that today, that, um, as far as that question is concerned, can a Christian be possessed by a demon? And I don't know that I would even put it in that term because it's confusing because the word possession is a hard term that that's i mean what do you mean by possession do you mean just oh the demon's messing with you then sure a christian could be messed with by a demon Uh, i think that's clear i mean our battle is not against flesh and blood but against evil spirits and in the demonic realm um and so and so i think that's what i want to say about possession some people find it really helpful to talk about the different levels Uh, they'll say can a demon depress you oppress you or possess you and I think that's, that's that may be helpful for some people because it seems like in the Bible there's different degrees or levels of someone manifesting an evil spirit or having um, uh, just suffering more and more from an evil spirit or not suffering so much. Um, but those terms, just as a reminder, aren't in the Bible, the depression, oppression, or possession. It's really just a person has a demon or is suffering from a demon in the New Testament. Um, and so is that clear? Is that good? It may be new to you, and maybe maybe you always thought if this stuff is new to you that you know that that de- whatever spiritual warfare is talked about in my mind, you know, before I started studying this and took that class in in college or in seminary, you know, all I thought was, oh, spiritual warfare. As soon as that starts happening, people's heads start turning around and eyeballs rolling. Ah! <laughs> that that's all I thought it was, and that's really, I mean that the manifestations are just a tiny part. Really, spiritual warfare. The message today is that spiritual warfare is is helping, ministering to someone in a spiritual way, and helping a person. And so, the next question on our ne, the next topic on, on our list of notes here, it says we need to blank the need for spiritual warfare, and, and the the blank there is recognized. And I want to talk about that term for a little for a minute. We need to recognize the need for spiritual warfare. We need to recognize the need for spiritual warfare. And I just think, like if as a pastor, you know, someone comes up to me and says, Joe, I'm struggling with my finances. And if my reaction to them was like to grab them be like, demon of finances! Ah! <laughs> and, like, you're like, dude, I just kind of needed some counseling. I, I was going to ask you about the financial peace small group. And I'm just like, ah! In the name of ah! Sick like, dude. Not everything is a demonic attack. Not everything is like a spiritual really, really big deal. I mean, all kinds of people came to Jesus with real sicknesses and, and Jesus didn't treat every sickness as a demonic attack. He prayed for some people uh over sicknesses and he prayed for other people with uh with with some sort of evil spirit that was manifesting in certain ways. And so I'm going to show you a story. And as I show you the story, uh, I, I, right after I show you it, I'm going to kind of open it up for discussion and say, how do we recognize when when an evil spirit is present? How do we recognize a demonic influence, either in ourselves or someone else? But before we do that, uh, Luke chapter 13, once again in Luke, Luke chapter 13, so it should be just a few pages over, Luke 13, verse 10. I'm going to read this very short story of this woman who was crippled. But we read into the text, and it says that she was crippled by a spirit. And Jesus recognizes that. But, of course, Jesus is God, so he recognizes everything. Um, But our our question will be, how, how do we recognize a demonic attack? And this passage says this. So it's Luke 13, verse 10. It says, On the Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled, by a spirit do you guys see that it's crippled by a spirit for 18 years and some of you in this room are 18 years old it's like your whole life you know maybe all this lady knew for the last 18 years is she was crippled and maybe she knew or didn't know that she was crippled by a spirit obviously an evil spirit since you know evil spirits cripple people god's holy spirit really doesn't <laughs> um yes, well maybe i don't know anyways <laughs> n- another topic for another day uh a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put her, his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Can you imagine seeing that story and knowing in the spiritual realm that, that for 18 years it was an evil spirit that had made this woman crippled and Jesus Just prayed over I mean, picture the woman for a second. And picture your place as someone suffering from an evil spirit. So much so that she was crippled and bent over. And Jesus just prays for her. And she's set free. And I think in the Christian realm, you know, there's... I think we could recognize... In some ways, we could recognize more spiritual influences over people. If someone's dealing with fear or temptation or lust. And those things are all real and they're in the natural. But then they're also... They could be spiritual things. How do we recognize that? Um, And so that's your question for discussion. Would you turn to some peeps around you or just make a list yourself? That's totally fine as well. How do we recognize the need uh, for spiritual warfare? How do we recognize if it's a demonic attack or not? Ready? Get set, go.
0: Just a little kid, I saw a scary movie about a crazy lunatic, you see. He tried to kill these people on vacation with an axe, then I'd imagine that this dude was after me. Well, laying in my bed that night, afraid and wide awake, I promise you I saw a shadow move. But when I felt an evil spirit, that was it. I knew right then exactly what to do. I took authority in Christ all fear flew away oh, I stood bold as a lion and ran it off when it heard me say Guy, the alligator man. I watch him as he chases and he hunts this peaceful family through the woods with only one thing on his mind. He wants to eat the little kid for lunch. I got so weirded out I couldn't sleep. Then it happened an evil spirit floated by my bed. I could hardly believe the nerve of this little punk demon. I thought, hey, alright, that's it, you're dead. I got righteously indignant. I was going to make that demon pay. And then what The annoying thing came upon me. I chased it out when it heard me say. What did you say? Don't want no monsters in my house tonight. Don't want no monsters in my house tonight.
1: Let me give you, a, like, 30 seconds to wrap up what you were talking about, if you were talking with someone. <laughs> All right, does someone, uh, let's uh, wrap up and um maybe maybe a couple of people could share uh, what they came up with as far as maybe you listed a bunch of things maybe you could uh, name off one does anyone want to go first be bold and brave to to raise your hand and then stand up so everyone can hear you wow there's all kinds of people yes Ramil. well number one you have to be uh, listening to the holy spirit you definitely know about, uh, the God is, uh, my life, yeah that's good. Did, you, did everyone hear him? They said you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. If you if you're writing down words, I would I would write this one down and then underline it. It's probably one of the most important. Is discernment? That's a word I used today already. If you've heard that word before, you know that it means that the, that we're listening to the Holy Spirit. That there's something inside of us that we just think. You know, we just know that the Holy Spirit gives us knowledge. And, you know, you're talking to someone and you just think, you know, this could be spiritual. And maybe it's, it's from the Holy Spirit telling you, well, why don't you pray, pray over them in a spiritual way because they're being attacked not just with fear but with, with a, maybe a spirit of fear or a spirit that's telling them lies about fear. And so discernment, number one, excellent. Was that on all your lists? Of course it was. All right, anybody? Yes. Did you have a different one or a similar one? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. If there's no if there's no explanation or if or if they're maybe out of sorts. Um I was talking with a a, a little while ago. I was, I was just talking with a friend and they were and I was just kind of like, "So, how you doing? How you doing with God?" And we just got into talking. They were talking about some struggles and then, you know, he he just opened up and he was really embarrassed to share, but he said, "You know, I've been, and he's the nicest guy in the world." He said, "I've really been struggling with just thoughts of murder and killing people." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "What?" <laughs> And it was just like, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I just, I just, sometimes I just can't get it out of my mind and I don't know why it's there. And it's just, I mean, it's not me. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're a nice Christian dude. You're, you know, you're gentle giant. And why, I don't know why you're struggling with that, but maybe that's spiritual. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it's out of, out of sorts. And, and so, yeah, I think something that's out of sorts, out of, you know, natural explanations might, may be a spiritual attack. And so, uh, what else? Anybody else have a different... Yes, sir. Well, sometimes it may not necessarily be that the cause seems to be unnatural, but it doesn't seem to respond.
2: It's like you've got a guy who has constant financial problems. Mm-hmm. He budgets, he does all this. Yeah. Stuff, but it seems no matter what he does, it doesn't,
1: it doesn't respond like it should. You, you get rid of what should be the cause of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we pray over people, give people counseling, and 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 maybe we should go you know first to maybe maybe this is a spiritual thing maybe there's spiritually you're you're struggling with greed or maybe you know there's demonic attack all these bad financial things happen to you and you don't know why just random um yeah yeah anything else anyone wants we got quite a few of them already go ahead yes sir so yeah manifestations right yeah, great. Yeah, manifestation—that's the big word for. I mean, kind of the thing I—I started off making fun of them, ah, ah, and the, the, you know, but that I don't want to delegitimize that. That that that's that kind of stuff is in the Bible, and um, I think if you've if you've heard stories or prayed over someone, I know I've I've prayed over someone. They went they weren't rolling on the ground or spitting green stuff out their nose or uh, anything really weird like that. But they did they, they, they just kind of you know just looked different, and I was like, in the name of Jesus, leave. You know, stop, stop making them think these thoughts in the name of Jesus. Leave, and we've been given authority in Jesus' name. And I think a lot of times, you know, people come to the whole spiritual warfare thing, and they think that all it is is the is the manifestations, and that's that's not all it is. The main point is that that we're helping people deal with uh, with a spiritual attack, and it and it doesn't have to be this you know this huge scene in which everybody you know it's people holding them down and screaming and in the name of Jesus, leave, in the name of Jesus, stop, you know, and, and I think, so I, so I say that, but yes, there are manifestations, and it is in the Bible that, you know, a spirit can, can take control of some part of you, and, and, you know, Jesus, this, this lady comes to Jesus and says, a demon has been throwing my boy into the fire, like, whoa, um, let's, let's help your son, let's, I mean, that's not something fun to be struggling with, um, getting thrown into the fire and jesus cares for this little boy and prays over the little boy and the spirit leaves and i think so yes manifestations are definitely um should be on the list um i, I just thought like you know if you're praying over someone ask them you know oh, you're struggling with lust again and again can i ask you something do you think that this is a demonic attack and they might tell you they think yeah i think it might be ask them um over uh a discernment um And those are the things that I have on my list. But overall, we've been given authority. That's your last point on your notes. Um, I just gave you the answer. We've been given authority. That's the underlined term there. We've been given authority to fight. And, um, And that, you know, if someone calls you in the middle of the night, sometimes it'll it'll it 'll be just fear you know you 'll just be someone maybe he will call you in the middle of the night and be like, man i think, I think there 's something in my room and i 'm just scared to death i don 't want to leave calling you on my cell phone because i don 't want to get up and i 'm just scared Would you would you i don 't know what to do you know what we 've been given authority in Jesus' name to pray against evil spirits, and if you think your friend is struggling with something demonic or there 's possibly a demonic influence. In the name of Jesus, just pray for them. I mean, that's really what spiritual warfare is. Someone someone that's in fear and is, is suffering from fear and they can't get out of their bed... You know, Jesus cares about them. and In the name of Jesus, pray over them. Pray, God, would you come and comfort them? But in the name of Jesus, we, we bind, we tie up evil spirits in the heavenly realms and we, we cast them out in the name of Jesus. You could pray over the phone. We've been given all sorts of authority. We've been given the authority of God himself to, to pray. And I, I believe that God will lead you in your prayers and that, you know, sometimes people just feel so, oh, like, oh, I could never, you know, engage the demonic i can never pray spiritually you know what that's that's a lie we've been given authority throughout the bible is is we've been given authority in jesus name to help to to pray pray out evil presences in our own life and to help people that need help if someone's struggling with with what they believe or what you believe is a a spiritual attack we're we're here to help people. As Christians, we help each other, and and that may be a spiritual help that they need, a, a prayer in their life. And um, I, I I think people are overwhelmed with the idea that you know you're confronting a demon to in in this person. And and I don't think we should think about it like that. I mean, sure, surely that's true, but I think we should really think about it as as helping someone. And if you think about it like that, it doesn't seem so intimidating. That we're here, I'm here to help. I'm here to pray over you and help you, the person, you know, get this evil spirit this the, out of your life and to stop messing with you. And um, like that movie, don't go see it. In fact, I'm going to ruin the ending for you, so so you won't see it. The movie, The Exorcist. Um At the very end of that i 'd already said that the in that movie that little girl just transforms and she personifies this demon and um she you know shes just her face is just messed up she 's levitating extraordinary power she spits green pea soup and her head spins around and and that and that 's obviously very hollywoodish I mean like at one point the the priest sprinkles holy water and like skin melts ah! um I mean, it's just in some ways it's superstitious silliness. But at the end of that movie, uh, here's where I'm going to ruin the ending for you, so you don't have to see it. Um, The the demon jumps the girl, the demon girl. I mean, she's just so demonized that you just you don't even think about her as a little girl anymore. You just think about her as the demon. And she jumps out the window and commits suicide. And the director of that film wanted the audience to think, oh, the priest won, the side of good won, because the evil spirit was killed when this little girl committed suicide and i just think as christians that's that's sickening that that's a little girl was suffering at least in the story you know a little girl was suffering from a demon and, and 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 she committed suicide and that's i mean that's the worst thing that could happen because we're not when we when we engage spiritual warfare we're not just you know praying the the demon isn't the central thing the person should be the central thing the person um, that that is suffering from a demon should be the central thing, and I've just heard I've heard horrible stories about uh, spiritual warfare. Just people kind of taking the Hollywood approach of like ah praying and the crucifix and the holy water sprinkling. I mean that's just superstitious stuff, and 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 not engaging the person and treating the person as as a person loved by God. And I've heard stories of you know people gathering you know their your kids been doing bad in school or something or out of control. You think the kid, this little kid, child might have a demon. And so parents and friends will gather around and they'll be holding their hands on the kid and screaming. And, yeah, you're so evil in the name of Jesus, leave. And the the kids, I mean, just imagine this kid not really understanding what's going on. And people are around this kid and screaming at him. And And I just think, you know, you're yelling. How is that helping the child? Wouldn't Wouldn't another approach be... You know little little Johnny, you know you 're loved by God, and you know God loves you, and do you think that you know in some ways your lack of att- whatever it is you know the kid 's dealing with could be uh, an evil spirit and well, I think so and i i'm, gonna, I'm not going to pray to you right now i 'm going to pray over a spirit that might be affecting you. do you think that 's okay and yeah, and I pray over that evil spirit and calm and soothing you know we 've been given authority through Jesus, not authority by screaming um and so I, I think that the, the person, you know, whoever you're praying over is the central. It's the person suffering from a demon, not a demon is in control of this person. you got to deal with a demon. No, we, we deal with people. We minister to people. And I really believe that that's a message that I want to give you. I'm, I'm in authority over giving that message. I think Brady Boyd talked to all the he talks to the, all the, the pastoral staff once a week. And a few months ago, he really shared his heart for spiritual ministry. And he said, I think, um, in, in some ways the that christian idea of of spiritual warfare and demon possession has this demon you know it's all about the demon when it should be all about the person we've done in some ways a bad job of you know hollywoodizing the the, the spiritual warfare because it should be about the person and not about you know second place is the demon it's like someone's suffering from a flu and they're in bed and they're sick and they can't get out of bed and you know you deal with the person that you're your your heart should break for the person that's that's sick the heart your heart should break for the person that's 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 having you know suffering from a demon and and if you put it that way and and as i've reminded myself about that it should be a very encouraging thing i think we should all be encouraged to to engage spiritual warfare it's it's it exists it's real and you know you just think if someone if one of your friends or your a christian believer even a non-christian you know they think they're suffering from a demonic attack then you know they're they're suffering. It's a person suffering, and in the same way that you would help someone with a with a flu, you know, the same way you'd help them, or maybe even pray over them. In the same way you'd help someone with a demonic attack. And um, I just want to give you one more point about that is, you know, part of our ministry in in dealing with spiritual warfare is is the is the is is praying over them, spiritual warfare prayers, and and sometimes you can get, you know a wrong impression in your head that, you know, a spiritual warfare prayer is like a spell and you just oh, if you just say in the name of Jesus, spirits be gone, then that that's a, some sort of a spell that, you know, will will just work for you. And uh it's not a spell. It's it's about faith. It's about it's about true you know, inviting God in and with the authority that, and faith that you have in God, you're telling evil spirits to leave. And so it's not, it's not just like a spell. But that's part of it. The, the actual prayer is part of it. The second part of it is helping that person. I mean, for some reason, they're being attacked. And uh, in that class that I took, the, that's the spiritual encounters class that I took, and I learned something really important. It was just an analogy that really stuck with me. The analogy is that, that demons are like rats and they need food to eat. And let's say you have you know you're you're helping your friend that has a really dirty house, food everywhere, Cheerios on the ground. You know, it's just it's just a mess in their house. You know, and you put up some mouse traps. Is that really going to deal with the problem? Yeah, well, kill a few rats, but but if you don't clean up the house, aren't they just going to come right back? So I think in the same way, demons are like rats. Rats need trash to eat. Demons need open doors in our hearts, and I think open doors are often sin in our life. That that you know, if you just pray over someone to to get this demon out, but don't help minister to them and say, you know, have you have you been opening the door? You know, you're calling me every other night saying you're you're waking up with bad dreams, but you know, I found out that you're watching the Nightmare in Elm Street trilogy every night. Stop it! What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and it may not be that obvious. You know, it may be <clears throat> another open door to sin and sin in their life, or you know, you're. you're whatever. I th- I just think there, there's this small group that exists around New Life Church. You may have heard of it. It's called Cleansing Streams. Have you heard of that ministry at New Life? It's a great ministry, and it, it's a deliverance ministry, meaning delivering from evil spirits that helps people. And it, what they really do, they do a little bit of the spiritual warfare prayer, but really what it's, it's basically like a, a semester-long small group, and they do a retreat at the end. It's really about the the trash getting rid of the sin or the trash or the things from the past out of your life and and allowing God in your life so that there 's no room for a spiritual attack and um, I guess I just want to close with this this last story and it's it 's the story from that same class I think it was the second day of class um, I was still kind of like expecting the in the name ah! and the rolling around and scream. I was still kind of expecting that, and the, it kind of realized that the class wasn 't going to be like that, so kind of just like man this class i shouldn 't have picked this one for my elective uh, <laughs> I think it was the second day of class, and and the te- I was still kind of like i don 't know if this i don 't know about all this, and the teacher said i 'm going to lead everyone in here and a um <clears throat> he called it a deliverance history or something like that, and he started off and said. I want you to experience your conception, and I was like, "Wait, what? Like when mommy and daddy loved each other very much?" And, and then, and he, and it was—it got a little weird, to be totally honest with you. <clears throat> Because he spelled it out. he was like, "If you don't know what that means, so I want you to imagine God blessing that little sperm and that little egg, and I was like, <laughs> and he had everyone closing their eyes, but I was kind of like one eye like really like what <laughs> And I had a my buddy sitting next to me as like a surfing buddy, that may be just as immature as me, and if, if he he didn't he had his eyes closed the whole time, but if we would have made if he would have looked at me, I guarantee i would I would have said something like that's what she said." <laughs> 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 And we would have just lost it, and it it would have been the funniest thing in the world, but uh the professor the professor led us through conception, through us being born, and he's just like blessing, and he's like, "I want you to imagine God there this whole time and then he said something, and the whole room got got really quiet, and it got really like, well, this is heavy and he said i want you I want you to imagine or just think of the first time your your father disappointed you, and he said, "I don't know what." You know your father's relationship to you, but maybe and maybe your father's lack of being present was the biggest uh, disappointment. And he said, I, "I I would just want you to think about that." And I, but I want you to think about it as from God's perspective, and imagine God right there, um, not rejecting you. And and if and if anything spiritual happened to you in that disappointment with you and your father, maybe maybe a spiritual door was opened, and a spirit has been lying to you, saying that that you're rejected. I just want to pray over that. And so Dr. Kraft said, in the name of Jesus, I command any spirits or spirits that are leading to rejection to leave in the name of Jesus. And he said, I just want you to feel that thought with Jesus, your spiritual father, not rejecting you. And I was, wow, that's, and I looked over at my friend, my surfing buddy and his eyes were watering up and like, wow, this is, this is, this is real. This is, this is serious. And, and then he said, I want, I want you to picture the first time your, your heart was broken by, someone of the opposite sex, if that's happened. And he said, if, you know, if, if during that experience you received some sort of feelings of unworthiness and you think that maybe those, maybe it's a spiritual attack of just that you, that was, the door was opened and saying you're unworthy. And, and, and that began to, in my heart, I thought I was a long time ago, I was engaged to be married and it didn't work out. And just feel, I just in that class thinking about just unworthiness and, and, and praying that is this is this teacher and this i mean honestly a little bit of a weird kind of way was was talking about unworthiness and said you know if you if you in in that time of your life had a door open to unworthiness and maybe a spiritual attack keeps coming back to you and you just feel waves of unworthiness come upon you at different times of your life i want to pray for you and he and he, he prayed a prayer of you know spiritual warfare saying in the name of jesus these believers are not unworthy. God is right there. He's saying that you're worthy. You're a believer. You're you're his child. And you're not unworthy. And man, that was just, it was just so good to hear that and so good to be reminded and 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 the spiritual warfare side of it of in the name of Jesus, spirits of unworthiness or demonic attacks, lies of unworthiness, just be released in the name of Jesus. That was that was helpful for me that day, even though it began as a kind of a silly exercise. I, I I just think the main point today that, that spiritual warfare is about the person. Is it about a person that's struggling with something spiritual and they just, they need help getting, you know, Jesus helps people with, with spiritual infirmities, spiritual demonic attacks, and Jesus cared about people enough to pray for them. And so I want to pray over all of us in here, including myself, and I want to pray that God might give us opportunities. And I, I really think this message is powerful today and takes away a lot of you know, it takes away a lot of feeling unworthy when it comes to spiritual warfare. That spiritual warfare is really about helping individuals that are being attacked spiritually. And so I just want to pray to close this, if that's okay. So Jesus, we, we open our hearts and our minds to you right now, Father. God, would you give us opportunities to help people? Would you give us opportunities and insight and discernment into our own lives if we're uh, coming into any attack by the enemy that God, in the name of Jesus, with his power and his authority, we could say no to any demonic attack. And in this room, in the name of Jesus, we command any evil spirit that's either within us or around us, in the name of Jesus, we command you to leave. And God, we we ask you, Jesus, we ask you, Father, to fill us up, to help us get trash out of our life, to close doors to demonic attacks, to evil spirits that we know are real. God, we, we ask you to fill our lives with your Holy Spirit. That, that we don't have to struggle with, with spiritual attacks because you, Jesus, have given us all authority and you care about us and you love us, Jesus. So we love you. We praise you. God, we honor you with our hearts. We leave here excited today. Amen. Amen.